Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks for joining us for Texas Ag Today on this record-setting week in Texas agriculture. Now, these aren't the kind of records that you like to set, but I know that Texas farmers and ranchers are up to the task this week, sacrificing and making sure that livestock have enough to eat and drink and places to stay warm, taking care of our food supply, and I want you to know how much I really appreciate it. Meanwhile, we're going to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. My name's Kerry Martin, and I'm standing by with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're covering all of Texas agriculture for you. We're covering it from the piney woods of East Texas out to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Aid may be available for ranchers who lost livestock during this cold weather spell. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll explain on Texas Ag Today. With the extended freeze in the Texas High Plains, it's been a tough time for area cattle raisers, even tougher for those ranchers dealing with calving time. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. From West Texas, I'm Eddie Griffiths. Parts of West Texas receiving moisture, other parts of West Texas still needing more moisture as we edge closer to spring and spring planting. We'll have those stories along with Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. But first, let's talk more about this record-setting Texas cold snap. With record cold temperatures, we'll unfortunately have livestock losses in Texas this week. As Jessica Domel tells us, it's important to keep good records and documentation of those losses. The Farm Service Agency is urging Texans to take action now in order to be eligible for aid later. FSA says livestock owners in Texas should document their herds before, during, and after winter storms. The documentation is necessary in order to be eligible for assistance through the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Livestock Indemnity Program, or LIP. LIP provides benefits in the event of livestock deaths in excess of normal mortality caused by adverse weather or by animals reintroduced into the wild by the federal government. LIP payments are equal to 75% of the average fair market value of the livestock. To apply, contact your local FSA service center. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The record cold has blanketed all of Texas all the way down to the Rio Grande Valley. Ben King grows onions about 30 miles from the Mexican border. He says the small amount of snow that fell may have saved his crop. We have uh, experienced some once-in-a-century temperatures. We got down to 13 degrees with a wind chill of about zero. Thankfully, we got an inch of snow on these things as it was getting cold uh, to help insulate the, the plants. The soil temperature stayed at around 40 degrees. Uh, we won't know any damage here for another four or five days. We got a couple more nights of, of freezing temps ahead of us. But there are other reports of vegetable damage in the valley, with more below freezing temperatures expected. 
This big freeze means a lot of extra work for Texas ranchers. James Hunt has more from the Panhandle. The long stretch of consecutive days of below freezing temperatures in the Texas High Plains arrived at a particularly bad time for Rachel Myers of Claude. For Myers' family cattle operation, it's calving time. So I've had baby calves in the barn, in my garage, in my laundry room. Anything goes when it gets this cold. I've seen pictures all over Facebook of so many friends doing the same with just baby cubs stacked up everywhere trying to get them thawed out enough to survive and back to their mothers so that we don't have even more issues when this is all over. And along with doing whatever is necessary to take care of those new additions, Myers and her family have been running around making sure their animals have plenty to eat and unfrozen water to drink. We've got water tanks and we just go out and try to break the same spot every time so the ice doesn't get so horribly that you can't break it. For us, that's been once to twice a day. And, you know, luckily this time of year, the cows, if they see the feed truck, they come. The experience for Myers and her family is similar to that of a lot of livestock producers throughout this region. Ockletree County Extension agent Scott Strawn in Perryton says ranchers find themselves being called upon to get extra nutrition to cattle who simply require more in these conditions. As a rule of thumb, for every degree below 20, their energy needs increases by 1%. So, you know, zero degrees, that's a 20% increase in feed that they need. So they're working hard. Fortunately, the snow isn't real deep. We hadn't had a lot of blowing snow yet, and hopefully we don't where there's drifts, because when drifts come into play, it gets even harder to get out, move the speed around and supply them. But so far, they've been able to get the feed out to them, but it's a constant battle. On tomorrow's report, the concern these temperatures pose for wheat. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Well, there is one silver lining in all of this snow, sleet, and ice. It's bringing much-needed moisture to areas of Texas that have been suffering from drought. Tom Nicoletti talks with a Lubbock area farmer about conditions on the Southern Plains. In West Texas, the drought is still continuing out in that region of the state, uh, anywhere from uh, extreme to exceptional drought. And uh, Eddie Griffiths joins us now to uh, fill us in more on uh, what's going on in the the middle of winter out there in West Texas and the South Plains. And Eddie, uh, certainly you need uh, the precipitation for your winter wheat crop and for your cattle. Yes, sir, Tom. We sure need some moisture in the area. We're going to try to hopefully build up the profile out there. This winter wheat crop that we have in the ground desperately need moisture, especially if you are a land producer. Some of that wheat looks pretty decent, and good rain would certainly help with that. A lot of later planted wheat, it, it would be beneficial if we could get some moisture on it and help with some of these cold temperatures because it's just going to be tough for that wheat crop to survive. How are the cattle faring out there, Eddie? The cattle look good. The problem with that is the uh, feed supply is dwindling down pretty fast, especially without an ample wheat crop out there and moisture to help push that crop along. The feed supply that producers had stored up for winter time it's uh, dwindling down fast as we get closer to spring. I know a lot of producers are looking forward to hopefully having a good wheat crop or some type of grain crop to, to build that supply back up, but it doesn't look like either is going to happen right now. Anything else you can add in regards to the overall situation right now? Extremely cold and uh, sure makes it tougher that wheat crop to survive. And we need to be able to get our supplies built back up and to uh, push these cattle along. For a lot of producers, you know, March 15th, a lot of the uh, livestock will be pulled off of most of the pasture. 
but every little bit of moisture we can get sure help us get to that point. That report today from Eddie Griffiths out in West Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There is a lot of talk about increasing sorghum acreage in Texas this year. We have higher prices that make the crop more profitable and, of course, a lingering drought in many areas of Texas. So there's a strong possibility that farmers will plant more acres. There's also a breakthrough technology that may contribute to more sorghum in 2021. Advanta Seeds has launched their new iGrowth sorghum varieties, which are tolerant to the new Emiflex herbicide, and that allows farmers to control grass in sorghum fields. Advanta's Dr. Zach Eater joins me from El Campo, Texas. And Zach, this is a true breakthrough in technology. It's going to be a game changer. This is something that the sorghum industry as a whole, all our partners and all the different companies have been trying to uh, finally bring to life for our growers and to be, you know, the first to bring it to market is very exciting. But I think the industry as a whole is going to benefit from it. We're seeing very high and very strong markets for sorghum grain for the farmer. So we're going to see some good profitability. The agronomics are going to play very well into this year. And so having that added benefit to get back on acres that may have gone away from sorghum due to weed pressure this is a game changer. We see that this is only going to pick up steam. We're expecting acres in the United States probably to rise, not only driven by the iGrowth technology, but also because of the commodity prices that we're seeing. But we anticipate at Advanta a full-scale launch in 2021, great seed supply. So we expect to see farmers be able to get their hands on it and to see acres grow uh, in areas that we may not have uh, seen sorghum in a, a while. Well, Zach, tell me how it works. Eye growth with Emiflex herbicide. It's all in the name, Emiflex. It provides such flexibility for our growers. So you're going to get grass control with the Amazomox chemistry. We have it labeled for a pre and post application. So you have the option there. The technology in the plant allows for you to spray it with no phytotoxicity throughout the season. So finding that ideal uh, application window for your farm is, is something that you get to work with. There's not a, a set of restrictions where you have to uh, have a certain window. So we're going to have the flexibility in South Texas to have a post application targeting, you know, different weeds. Uh, Texas panicum is probably the biggest one that uh, growers uh, think about when they think of sorghum. Uh, but you're also going to have some broadleaf activity. So you're going to have a lot of flexibility in that. Dr. Zach Eater with Advanta Seeds. If you'd like more information on iGrowth Sorghum plus the Emiflex herbicide, just check out sorghumpotential.com. Feral hogs pose several dangers to livestock, including the possibility of spreading foreign animal diseases. I'm Jessica Domel, and I have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And mange mites have been detected in a couple of South Texas counties. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. National FFA Week is February 20th through the 27th, and FFA students across the country will be sharing their stories. I'm Doster Harper, president of the National FFA Organization, and I'm from the state of Georgia. National FFA Week is a time to share what FFA is and the impact it has on members every day. And because FFA and agricultural education prepare students for careers, leadership, and the ability to face what the future holds, that impact is profound. Share your FFA stories during hashtag FFA Week.
We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Mange mites have been detected in a couple of South Texas counties. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more. Mange mites affect the skin of animals and some can even be transmitted to humans. There are four types of mange that affect cattle. And the case in South Texas was caused by a mite called Coreoptes. Coreoptes is a mite that inhabits the skin surface of cattle, and although they do not burrow into the skin, they feed on slough skin cells and other debris. Feeding irritates the skin of the cattle that leads to abrasions and infections of the skin. Crust and ulcers of the skin result that cause the cattle to itch and lose hair. The mites usually start at the skin around the hooves, and then the lesions spread up the legs to the tail, scrotum, and udder. This mite usually occurs in the winter and resolves in the summer without treatment, but it can cause the cattle to lose a lot of weight by scratching instead of eating. So if your cattle are scratching and losing hair and lice are not the problem, call your veterinarian to examine your cattle for mites. Your vet will usually be able to find the mites by doing a skin scraping and looking under the microscope. There are many products approved to treat mites in cattle, as some of the deworming medications and fly sprays will kill the mites. By using a dewormer that kills mites also, you can eliminate the problem before it occurs by treating with effective products on a herd basis every year. However, before choosing a product, ask your bovine veterinarian about the correct product for your herd. All mange mites that affect cattle, including Coreoptes, Sauroptes, and Sarcoptes, are reportable to the Texas Animal Health Commission, and the infected cattle will be quarantined until they are treated. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Feral hogs pose several dangers to livestock, including the possibility of spreading foreign animal diseases. Jessica Domel takes a closer look in today's wildlife report. Yesterday we told you that wild pigs, or feral hogs as they're sometimes called, can taint water and may cause pregnant livestock to lose their calves. Dr. John Tomachek Wildlife specialist for the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service says wild pigs can also spread animal diseases to areas where they have not been seen before. There are some diseases out there that we're lucky not to have, but it is entirely possible that pigs could be the thing that brings them in and often act as sentinels for them. Things like pseudorabies. Pigs are pretty good sentinels. If pseudorabies is in an area, you're going to find it in the pigs. But also, you know, we don't have diseases yet like African swine fever, but should we ever get it, it will move like wildfire through the feral pigs. And unless we're very lucky, it will probably lead to widespread loss of domestic swine. So I I really hope in 20 years we're not all talking about how great bacon used to be. There are millions of wild pigs in Texas, and they can reproduce at least three times a year, creating a growing problem. They're able to reproduce around six months of age, and they can have that many litters that quickly. The math gets to actually be pretty startling. You know, we throw around the term exponential growth, but with pigs, it's it's what you're actually looking at is they grow exponentially. They are the largest animal on the planet that has that kind of population growth. That was Dr. John Tomachek, a wildlife specialist for the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service. The service has several resources for those coping with feral hogs. You can find those at feralhogs.tamu.edu, feralhogs.tamu.edu. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. 
We saw mixed close in the cattle market on Tuesday, but cotton and wheat took off to the upside. Big gains, mainly because of all of this cold weather. We'll take a closer look at all of our livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. FFA Week is February 20th through the 27th, a week set aside for FFA students across the country to share how FFA impacts members every day. I'm National FFA Secretary Anna Mathis from Arkansas. Because FFA and agricultural education prepare students for careers, leadership, and the ability to face what the future holds, the FFA impact is profound. Share your FFA stories during hashtag FFA Week. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It was another mixed day of trading in the cattle complex. That seems to be the norm here over the last few weeks. We finished with a mostly higher live cattle market, a lower feeder cattle. Live cattle higher on all except the nearby February contract. It was down at 105, closing at 116.15. April live cattle up 62, 125.80. June up 40 cents at 121.70. A higher corn market pressured the feeder market lower. March feeder cattle down 7, 147.00. 77, the April down 12 at 144.60, May feeder cattle down 10 cents, 146.20. Cash fed cattle market all quiet as we kicked off the holiday shortened trading week on Tuesday. Last week we sold cattle as high as 116 on a live basis, that was up in Iowa. Down south here, however, 114 was the highest price we could find here in Texas. Boxed beef prices higher Tuesday, choice up 210, 234.54. Select was up 12 cents at 221.53. We're not seeing a whole lot of action coming out of the auction barns this week because of all of this abnormal winter weather. However, Larry Marble takes a look back at some of the sales from last week. He's walking the pens. Neighbor, it's time for Walking the Pens on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host, Larry Marble. Wayne Geiswhite had a cattle sale in Fredericksburg this week. Wayne, you had 968 head. What'd you think? Cow market is probably 2 to $4 higher. We saw some cows that even hit 70 cents today. A lot of the good cows bring in the 60s. Cow market, the steers are probably 2 to $4 higher. Quite a few three-weight calves bring in 190 to 210. Four-weight steers bring 180 to 190. Five-weights up to 175. Six-weights up to in the 140s. Seven-weights, we have a fancy set of seven-weight steers. Weight 743, bring 135. The heifers weren't quite as as the steers, the good four weights in the low 150s, five weights in the 130s, six weights in the 120s. Those semi-heifers bring 117 or 18. Did see quite a bit of difference in some cattle today. Some of these new crop at calves just didn't bring what we really hoped they'd bring. But with the cold weather coming on, well, there's just no place to go with them, especially taking them off their mamas at this age. No people really need to watch what they're doing. We did see quite a few thin 
kill Larry. I mean, really thin. People are going to have to feed in this next week or two. Just, it's just a five. Bad weather coming on. And speaking of bad weather, Wayne, we have canceled this week's sales, correct? Considering our employees, our buyers, our sellers, and then the animals also, we're going to have to cancel this week for our sheep and goat sale on Tuesday and our cattle sale on Wednesday. Wayne, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. We'll be at 830-997-4394. And Larry, I guess if there's somebody has a payment to make or something, we'll make sure that we'll buy them or we'll do something. But we just think everybody needs to stay off the roads and right. be careful and be safe. Neighbor, that was Wayne Geiswhite with Gillespie Livestock Fredericksburg. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network and Walking the Pins, I'm Larry Marble. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs finished higher on Tuesday. April hogs up 97 cents, 86.17. The May up $1.17 at 88.27. Class 3 milk was higher. February up a penny, 15.64. March milk up 16 cents at 16.72 a hundredweight. Well, we finally saw 90 cent cotton this year. A lot of our old cop contracts topped 90 cents during the trading session on Tuesday. However, we settled back to close just below 90 cents. The main reason? Cold weather here in Texas. All of this electricity that is out throughout the state is causing a logistical nightmare for shipping cotton. We see reports that part of the port of Galveston is closed, so that ended up pushing prices higher, with March cotton up 85 points, closing at 88.12. The May contract up 94, closing at 89.60. New crop December cotton up 92 points, 84.81 cents. Texas cold weather affecting the wheat market also. It's sinking into this wheat market finally that we could have some damage down here on the Texas wheat crop. That pushed us into double-digit gains with July Kansas City wheat up 19 and a half, 6.45 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat up 16 and three quarters, 6.46 and three quarters. Strong gains in the corn market also. March corn up 13 and a half, 5.52 and a quarter. September corn up 11. 483 and a quarter. In the energy markets, higher prices. March natural gas up 18 cents at 310. March crude oil up 75 cents, 6022 a barrel. The financial markets mixed. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 60 points, 31,518. The Nasdaq down 48 at 14,046. The S&P 500 down one point, 3,933. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Hey, try to stay warm while you're out there taking care of all those livestock, and thank you so much for taking care of all of Texas agriculture this week. Remember, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.